I'm in Nice this week for the Men's Ironman World Championships doing three live podcasts on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights at 6 till 7 p.m. We've got some massive guests like Max Newman, Dan Larang, who's the coach of Jan Frodeno, probably the favorite for the race, Bjorn Giesman, the coach of Patrick Lang, uh, Rico Bogan, who's the newly crowned Ironman 70.3 world champ, coming along to be a part of them. And that's only uh, to name a few. There's actually quite a few more guests that are coming. That I just want to save them to announce throughout the week because they are some pretty big names. So if you're in Nice for the Men's Ironman World Champs, click the link in the show notes below to grab a ticket and come along. I'd love to see you there. Talbot, we're here for our second edition of Behind the Scenes. This time, we're going to focus on the Ironman 70.3 World Champs and the PTO Asian Open. Um, you were at the 70.3 World Champs and I was at the PTO in Singapore. I guess the idea with this is pretty simple. It's that we tell stories that everyone probably wouldn't hear unless we did this about things that happen behind the scenes at the big races. Uh, and I guess we're aiming to have a bit of a fun with it is, is the main theme. So, Talbot, um, how about you kick us off? Dude, I, I hope this podcast doesn't get us as in much trouble as it got me in last time people are like oh bro you can't talk about that stuff so then it's like i i had so many comments like dude why'd you say that so uh hopefully i don't I, i'll try to watch my words but sometimes when i get on here i i go it's funny I'll, I'll chat about this later on i was talking to dan berglund about the same thing i was like it's hard to get on a podcast with jack kelly because the problem is this you forget you think you're just having a conversation with a single person, but you need to remember that a lot of people are listening. Yeah. That's where I always get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. And we have so many conversations behind the scenes, like um, in private, that are exactly like this. And so it's sort of just a flow on from that, isn't it? And so uh, we do have to be a little careful. What was the one that got you in the most trouble last time? Oh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm always running my mouth because I think it's just, like I said, I think it's just a conversation. But before we start, I do have this is just the question and maybe the and I don't mean this in any way as an insult to the PTO because I, I just genuinely and we and I chatted with other people about this. Maybe this is usually this is you're just biased because you're not at an event, any event you're not at. You were like that was an event wasn't as big as I thought it was or one is successful. And of course, I'm super biased because I always think that my race week series really helps events. But. I feel like that there wasn't as much hype around the Asia Open as what there was on Ibiza and also the U.S. Open. And, and which is unfortunate because it was a beautiful course one. And, and, and what the PTO is doing is, uh, as far as their media and stuff is like absolutely changing the game, changing the completely changing the game. And I don't know if it was the test event took away, if it was, this is my pride, there was no race week series, which I love personally because I love hyping, trying to hype up the race, or really if this might even show the PTO the depth of field. And I and I don't know if it's, I'm not saying that, 20, like that the field wasn't stacked, but I think that we might be seeing an, an additional five guys in the start line 
really bring that many more eyeballs, no matter who they are. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased or, or jealous that I wasn't there. Yeah, I felt like Ibiza was the biggest of the year. Like I felt like it had the most hype and then I felt like the US Open had the second most hype and the Asian Open had the third most hype. Um, I think it's also like we just have this championship season of racing where we've gone like US Open, Asian Open, 70.3 Worlds, Paris Test Event, um, Men's Ironman World Championships, Women's Ironman World Championships. It's just a lot of racing. And there's been other races inside that as well. So I don't know, I think maybe the more you get into that, the the more fatigue people get from races because I even feel like now on race week of the men's Ironman World Championships, I feel like there's like very little hype around that race, which is usually the most hyped race of the year. So I think maybe what we're finding is that as triathlon fans, we've, we've gotten very used to only having like three, four big races of the year. But now that we've got, you know, nearly eight, nine kind of big races this year, that I don't know, maybe there's a bit of fatigue as a fan so that each event can't be as, as, as like hyped as maybe what they used to be when there was only a couple of um, big events each year. Yeah, that makes sense. And the only reason I bring it up is because I talked to a few pro athletes about this. We were having a conversation. They're like, was, they're like, from your end, was it like hyped up on social medias and stuff? And I was like, yeah, no, yes, kind of. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. But, but the biggest takeaway which is so funny is going into the Singapore event, which is the same week uh, as the Paris test event. All of the talk was on, are the athletes going to get sick in Paris from the water? Are the athletes going to get sick in Paris from the water? That's I mean, it, it literally was one of the biggest talk points in triathlon. And it's so comical because I feel like all the male side of the field came out sick from Singapore. Yeah, the, the Singapore sickness or Singapore belly, it's taken a life of its own, hasn't it? Because it does really feel like every single male who was on that start line got something. And uh, like it doesn't really make sense because they moved the men's race to make sure that, it was, that the men were swimming where the water was clean because they did some testing um, and there was a little, I think there might have been an area that was like close to not being safe. So they moved it into an area that was measuring safe. So they literally did, like, they did the right thing. They they were measuring the water quality. They moved it into a safe area. That's why the men's course was, like, a little bit different from day one. And then it just seems to be all the men that were sick. But th- this is where I can take you into it from behind the scenes, um, Talbot. So I got into Singapore on the Wednesday or the Thursday of race week. I can't even really remember. And um, I was chatting to Mick and Newt um before the race and he was sick so he'd been dealing with some like some belly sickness some some stomach sickness um and I was like oh that sucks you know he'd been over to Thailand before the race so I assume he just he got something there and then and that obviously that ended up derailing his race like he went to the portal about 15 times during the run um and from what he told me after the race wasn't a good time in the portaloos and then Crowey came up to me on the Friday morning, so the day before the men's race, and said, "Oh, Sam Laidlow's, you know, just talked to me and told me he's he's pretty crook." Um, and I'm like, "Oh, again, there's another one." So he'd had some some stomach sickness. Um, so that's at least two people before the men's race, right? Um, and that's just all that I heard of who were sick. So it's like, well, I don't think they'd swam in the water at that point. Um, so it couldn't have been from that. 
And and now everyone does stay at the same hotels at the PTO races there as well. So like at, at Singapore, we're all staying in this like the, the athlete hotel and like the PTO, there's a lot of like PTO staff members and that kind of thing. And so everyone like meets each other for breakfast and like hangs out and spends a lot of time together. So I guess it is one of those environments where if there is something there, and I'm not saying Mika and Sam were the people who had it and spread it, but like maybe there was something going around there and it wasn't the water because there were people sick beforehand. And then this one as well. So I was commentating the men's race, right? And throughout the men's race, I started to feel so sick, like like deathly sick. I was like, uh, we were in this little like um, cubicle, like a like a portable cubicle. Um, and it's really like hot in there and, uh, and there's an air con going. And it's just like, it's not the nicest environment. And I started to feel so sick. And um, like, I was like, like, I was like, feeling like dizzy and like I was like borderline fainting and then my stomach started to go so bad and I was like commentating the race get I was so angry because I felt so sick um and then it, like at the end of the men's race like I, I got to the end of it but I was like I felt like I was on death's door and I just walked out like so Crowe went to organize Crowe went to interview some of the the winners after the race and me and John Gooden were sitting there in the commentators booth and I'm supposed to stay there because we we keep doing commentary. I'm like, John, I've got to go. I can't do anything more. So I've left John by himself. I stepped outside and there was a bit of grass off to like the back of the commentary booth and I just projectile vomited everywhere, like bad too, like lots of it. And I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Um, and then throughout that week, we start getting reports that all the guys are sick, like Christian's sick, Jason West sick, Matt Burton's sick, Aaron Royal's sick. Um, you know, Daniel Backergaard sick. Everyone was sick. And so everyone starts talking about it being from the Singapore water and because um, it was all the guys. So maybe when the guys swam, the water quality wasn't that 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 good. And But then a few of the guys like started testing positive for COVID as well. And then behind the scenes, these sort of like, um, you know, in messages and stuff that I was involved in, people were like starting to talk about, well, maybe this, I've been told this strain of COVID um, was going through the town and, and it was making people have these symptoms like nausea and, and vomiting and diarrhea and that kind of thing. Um, and so some people have tested positive for that and some people haven't who have got sick as well. So now I just think there's so much confusion as to like, was it the water? Was it something going around like the town, the hotel? Um, was it, was it, was it COVID? Who knows? Um, I think, I think most people just think it's the water, but I don't know that. I couldn't say that with a hundred percent certainty. And I'm like, and if it was, then I also think there was something else going around because I was 100% sick and then I was pretty sick for like 48 hours, like pretty bad. Um, and then we saw it like at the 70.3 Worlds that you were involved in, like it affected heaps of guys' races. Um, like Jason West and Christian um, both had really bad races. Sam Long had it as well. So, yeah, this this Singapore Bally's really taken a life of its own, hasn't it? Yeah, I'll, I'll hit on Christian later on. I'm still convinced it was the water for the men's. But what, what, another thing I was going to ask you, and I was chatting to you about this earlier. I heard that Braden Curry will give Christian a run for his money on caffeine consumption. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good story. Uh, <laughs> this is what I've been telling everyone. Because... Um, <laughs> So, so at the Singapore Open uh, and nicely sort of thrown into because this speaks to what we were talking about before where we just talk a lot behind the scenes and anytime we hear a crazy story, we like just talk to each other about it and this is one of them. So 
at the Singapore Open. So the morning of the men's race, I was like heaps of people. We had this massive table where heaps of people were having breakfast together. And Al's visa was telling a story about how much caffeine she takes during races. And she said, she says that on a race day, she has 60 milligrams of caffeine and was talking about that like it was a lot. And I was like, hang on, like Al's, that's nothing. Like, And then Daniel Backgaard was there and he sort of goes, like Al's, I need more of that to literally get out of bed in the morning. And then I started telling like her, like, you know, Christian has like, I don't know, 500 to 800 milligrams during races. Like everyone does. Lots of people have it. And she was like, her mind was blown. She's like, no way. Um, do I need to take more? And she's like asking heaps of questions about it. And and here I am sitting there thinking that Al's Visa um, is uh, that Christian Blumenfeld, like I'm like using him as an example of someone who takes on heaps of caffeine. And then I, I have a conversation with Braden Curry and he starts telling me about how he takes on 1,200 milligrams of caffeine during races and that in one race he took on 1,800 milligrams of, of, of caffeine. So oh my to, God. to give you an example, a coffee is like 60 to 100 milligrams. So he basically had like, you know, 18 to 24 cups of coffee, like strong espresso cafe coffee during a race. And he did it because... He thought his jowls had 25 milligrams of ca- caffeine, but they actually had 100 milligrams of caffeine. So he was popping these jowls, like taking them all race, thinking each one's 25 milligrams, but it was actually 100 milligrams. And then he was like just um, – he was actually laughing a lot, telling the story, and he's like, yeah, so like for an hour after the race, my heart rate was just still 180 because of how much caffeine he had. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, insane. That's insane. <laughs> oh, oh. I did, but my my heart. I I hope that anyone listening to this does not go and try that. Your heart would beat out of your chest. <laughs> Can you imagine? When he was telling it, I was just pissing myself laughing. Like, hey, oh, that is by far the most I've ever heard of. And it makes me want. I want to go and ask some other people. Like, how much do you take? Because I want to know if that's the record. Like, has anyone ever taken more than eighteen hundred milligrams in a triathlon? Because that, to me, I just couldn't believe that. Oh, it's funny. It's it's funny saying that because we one night when we were at seventy point three worlds, uh, it was me, Lionel, my wife, Aaron, and Christian. And Lionel looks over at Christian, and actually, this is on video. Like I, I like this isn't even staged or anything. Lionel's like because he asked if Christian asked Lionel if he ever drinks Red Bull, and Lionel's like, oh, I don't, I don't drink energy drinks. And Lionel's like, dude, I know that like this might be a sponsor of yours and stuff, but Dick, there's no way that's healthy for your heart. And Christian's just laughing. He's like, oh, I'll drink four Red Bulls sometimes before a race start. And Lionel's like, you are out of your mind, <laughs> yeah. which is just like, uh, it's comical. But it's funny because long story short, somehow I, I, well, I was in Font Rameau the week before the Paris test event. And then so I was talking with Gustav. Gustav decides he's going to go and race Singapore, which uh, I didn't think was like the best idea. Gustav is like, he's training all right, but I just don't know if like, probably shouldn't speak for him. If like, he just needs a break from triathlon. And I think, I think everyone noticed that. I mean, he's just not doing like, he's not able to get through a solid camp. He just needs to fall back and not fall back in love with the sport. He loves the sport, but he just needs like a break. So that's when I was watching Singapore and I saw him crash I was like oh my god this poor freaking guy because ahead of time we had all booked our flights because they flew from Paris to Singapore they were going to fly back to Paris and then Christian me my wife 
and Gustav were all going to fly together to Helsinki and, and car pull into, into Helsinki together, well, to, into Finland. And then I text Gustav and I'm like, hey, man, you doing all right? And he's like, uh, it is what it is. And then I texted and then we we're supposed to meet up that night when they flew back to Paris. And I'm like, hey, man. Uh, or I texted Christian because I because I texted Gustav again and he never replied. And then I texted Christian and Christian's like, I think he's going to go home. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, this is like the day after. Um, and I'm like, thank God this guy's not racing 70.3 worlds. Like, he just needs to like go home and recover and hang out. So then the next morning, we 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 met up with him at the airport. But see, I don't think he had completely decided yet. And so we met up with him in the lounge at the airport. It's actually like in the Race Week Series video. And Christian's right there. And I'm like, so I know Gustav. And he's like, no, he's going home. And that's when I was like, holy crap, Gustav's not even going to 70.3 worlds. Like, and I wanted to like post about it but then i'm like oh that's f just let like i don't know they'll get out there but poor gustav man it's it's crazy not having in, him in in the race so when you were hanging out with christian and gustav in the lead up to like singapore um and 70.3 worlds and paris test event um shooting a video with them what were you seeing behind the scenes with gustav like what What's he's what's he like? Because you you'd also spent time with them last year, um, as well, hadn't you? When Gustav was the best triathlete on the planet, so what's different? Like, is he different? Um, that none of this that none of this information is from me. Him telling me this. This is my complete assumption. And 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 I, uh, this is complete assumption. And maybe I'm just making this up, but. About a year ago, or two years ago, my grandma got um, Alzheimer's, and it was really, really rough. But I just ignored it, and I'm not in any way saying Gustav ignored it. But I, I, I just worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I continued, and I was really, really close to my grandparents. And what I'm almost wondering is, with chatting with him and kind of coming up with my own conclusion, is that. The death of Gustav's mother was extremely hard, and the and as athletes, these professional athletes, they need to give everything, everything, and so Gustav went on a tear last year. I mean, dude, he was, I mean, went in PTO races. I mean, the guy was completely unstoppable. Went in Kona, like just absolutely annihilating the field. What I'm wondering is, and then he kept training. And his mom's health digressed. And I'm I'm just wondering if Gustav is like sitting back and then just absolutely terrible circumstance. He lost his mother earlier this year, shortly after Yokohama, I believe. If Gustav is just in a rock and a hard place, like kind of battling with, I won't get those times back with my mother, which is just so hard. It's so stinking hard. And and he's like, whatever to the world championship, whatever to whatever to winning Kona, whatever to winning, making all this money, getting all these sponsors, those times uh, I can't get back. And that's what I'm assuming is what happening, because he said that it's it's hard for him right now to get through like a training camp. And that now I see it. Now I look around and I'm like, everyone's like, well, Gustav's not performing. He's just not the short course athlete. Gustav is like the Gustav that performs in long course can perform in short course. And that's what just rips my heart out because we spent 
We went on hikes with it. I mean, dude, I don't freaking work out. And Gustav, right when I arrived in Font Remote, Gustav's like, hey, come on a run with me. And I'm like, bro, I don't run. And he's like, okay, then we'll go on a hike. And I'm like, Gustav, I just, I'm jet lagged and I'm at altitude. I'm not doing that. And he was like, okay, have your shoes ready. I'll meet you in front of your house in uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, how do you tell the kid no? So then we go on a hike and just long chats and all that. And it's just the, the guy is, I think he's, I'm glad, let's just say, I'm glad he's taking a break and he's, and he didn't race 70.3 worlds. And I think he's just going to go recover now enjoy some time with his family and i think the best is yet to come for gustav but i think it's so much well needed time off i think the other thing that gets forgotten about gustav is how young he is so yep. like he's dealing with a lot of fame a lot of success um being away from home having issues with his with his with his brother you know his mum passing away yeah hard not to feel for him um not and and, and a lot of people don't understand this. not a lot of people in his life yeah i don't mean that in a bad way but they they are no longer with the Norwegian Federation, yeah. which I had learned kind of all the behind the scenes logistics and drama and all that, which is it's it's a whole other story. Um, yeah, I I just hate talking literally about their their team is Olav and Christian, I and I love Christian to death. I, I I and and I would say it's the Christian. Christian's not the most emotional guy. <laughs> if I try to talk to Christian about like my marriage, or try to like talk to him about like anything that's like kind of like it involves like human emotion he, christian doesn't really care christian cares about one thing and that's like <laughs> his next bike workout and how much power he's going to push in winning the uh, paris olympics like and olav don't get me wrong great guy i mean the guy is a brain i don't know if olav's going to want to sit down and chat with you about your emotions he just want to talk to you about how much carb consumption you're taking in and all that so uh gustav <laughs> Uh, when when you don't have that around you, it's it makes it even a little more tough. So I'm I'm I hope or well, not hope. I'm glad Gustav's at home with yeah. his father, his family, and all that. So I I think the best is yet to come for Gustav. Yeah, totally. Amen, mate. Yeah, I know I know nothing about it, but I'm with you. I just want the best for him, and um, yeah, I hope he's I hope he's looking after himself. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess like there's a couple of things to talk about here, but let's stick on Christian Blumenfeld for a second. Um, I've got a Christian Blumenfeld story. I'm wondering if you have some more ones. I'll start with mine, and then you. I, I'm no, I got no doubt you got more Christian stories. But um, so at the Singapore Open, we were sitting in a, a meeting at the, um, to like the commentary meeting, talking about like uh, what's going to happen in the races, like who's doing what, you know, that kind of thing, and. Um, I'd got told the day before or the night before that Christian Blumenfeld was hiring like a private jet or like a chartered plane to get to Singapore. And that's the way he was getting in so quickly. And I'd got told that by multiple people, like three or four people were saying that. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so I said to Sam Renouf, I said like, oh, I, I got told that Christian's flying like a, a chartered plane in. Like, so that must be how he's getting here so quickly after the race. And Sam's like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then I, I got told it lots, like so many different people told me it. Um, and so like, I'm like, oh, it just must be true. So I, I sort of like, you you know this, when you hear stuff that many times and then you're hanging out with more of your friends, you go, oh, I heard Christian's flying a private jet in, like must be nice. Um, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Imagine being able to do that. And then the, and so like, I, I like everyone had sort of heard about it or, or talked about it. And then we get this footage 
coming out on social media the night before and Christian's just flying a commercial plane and like I think he wasn't even just flying commercial it looked like he was like in economy class and Sam Renouf sends me this text message and he goes it was like dot 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 so Christian flying a private jet question mark because <laughs> oh he wasn't he was God. just flying like basic economy commercial did you hear about this yeah I chatted with him because I asked him at Fontremeau I'm like are you flying he's like no fly economy and I'm like what and I think that they the 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 idea jumped past them. They they actually they they shot an entire documentary around the three races. It's like three races, ten days. It's going to be a documentary. It's going to be yeah. They had Jules, who's an incredible videographer. Uh, but I asked Christian. I think that the jet that they had access to, which I'm going to assume is going to be like the guy from Morocco or something, which is a friend of theirs. I think the jet that they had access to was going to need to stop. And I believe it cannot travel at the speed of a commercial flight. So they were going to save like two or three hours by flying commercial versus flying private. So that's why they decided not to do it. Right. Hey, Christian. So they w- guy don't care at all. He just flies economy. So they He's- were going to fly private and made a late decision not to. Yeah, I don't know if it was like late, but they like looked and weighed all the pros and the cons and all that, and they were like, "Nah, it's not like it's not even worth." And then plus the fuel cost is mental on something like that. I mean, you're looking at like easily forty thousand dollars in fuel, <sighs> right? So it's like Christian's probably over here thousand dollar economy ticket, forty thousand dollars in fuel. Yeah, yeah, go no with the enough. economy. Um, and he doesn't seem to care, like. I have this Christian story that he told me. <laughs> oh, this is one of those ones I can't I can't tell it. But he told me a story about flying, and it's not a bad story. But he, basically, the takeaway is he does not care about flying economy. Like he would happily just fly economy across the world to a race, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Whereas a lot of athletes are like, no, nah, got to have private, got to have leg room, got to be able to sleep. He he doesn't even care. Nope, not at all. They're 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 they're. Christian and Gustav are the two of the cheapest people I've ever met in my life. They don't spend money on anything. <laughs> and, it, and you know what's so comical about that, too, is I went to Fault Rameau and did my first 48-hour video. We chatted about when I was there, actually. Then, then they got Olav over here with a freaking VO2 machine that does the same thing that, that the VO2 master does, but it's an actual machine. Like, you get the actual reading. An $80,000 machine. Oh, my God. And they're just carrying this around to altitude camp and stuff. Like, when's the last time you heard of an athlete that's carrying a freaking $80,000 VO2 machine to an altitude camp? Yeah, crazy. I guess it's what they spend money on, isn't it? And it sort of goes to what you talked about before, like saying that Christian's not the the best guy to talk about uh, deep feelings with. But if you want to talk about triathlon and performance, how good's Christian? Like, they're just, he's obsessed with it. And Olav is even more obsessed with it. Yeah, exactly. And that was what's funny is is we're sitting in the airport lounge and Gustav's like not coming to the race. And I'm like, dang. And then I get a text message from the people we're staying with, which is Caden Lieto, like really good friends of mine, Chris and Caden Lieto. And Caden's like, dude, I went to the Morgan Wallen concert and I got COVID. And I'm like sitting right here scratching my head. I look at my wife and I'm like, oh, we... We're going to seventy point three worlds. I'm running around doing race series and be lying around Lionel Christian all them all week. And Cade's tested positive with COVID. Well, he tested positive like four or five days prior to him flying, and he's already feeling better. But still, I was like, I can't risk this. 
So I tell Christian, and Christian's like, oh, Gustav's not coming. There's extra room in my house. You can just stay there. And I'm like, for, my eyes like light up. I'm like, for real? For real? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, totally. Can can I actually? And he's like, yeah. So we just bum, we just bum off a room off Christian. And me and my wife just stay with Christian all week. So in good. Yeah. And dude, we're in the airport and we're in the lounge. And Christian's like, and I'm like, looking at Laura Jean and I'm like, and then we like walk away. I'm like, I think Christian might be sick. So I asked Christian, I'm like, do you need some allergy medicine? He's like, medicine? I don't take medicine. And I'm like, okay, okay. If you me, like, you know, American myself, like if you if you have a sniffle or if like you blow your nose, you're taking medicine. That's just how we are. Oh, us Americans. <laughs> Nothing natural, you know, not at all. <laughs> so uh we get all the way there and dude, Christian's nose is running like a faucet. Like you can tell he has so much drainage and stuff. Yeah, right. And then it turns into we get there that first night with Christian. We'll walk into the into the Airbnb and it, oh dude, this is so comical. This is the first time I've ever stayed in the Airbnb where there's well, there was one bathroom. Oh no. And there's and and so we're staying in uh we're staying oh dude. Oh god. Oh god. There's not even a door to <laughs> there's not even a door to my wife's in my room. Of course, Christian will get Christian Christian's like, Oh, you guys get the master, I'll take like the the double bed. I guess Gustav would have got. I know exactly. And I'm where like, this is dude, going. no, you take the king size bed and all that. And he and so there's not even a door to our bedroom. It's just Ooh. a long hallway. And then there's a in the long hallway, there's a door that goes to the toilet. The toilet and shower are separate. <laughs> that first night at about three AM. And of course, we're already on time zone. Dude, I hear that door <laughs> swing open. And then I personally thought that Christian was spraying his water bottle <laughs> in the toilet. I'm not even kidding you. It was like, he was like, Psh. and I'm like, oh my God. And then I hear him blowing his nose. And I hear, and then I'm like, holy hell. And then again at 5 a.m., I hear that door swing open and I hear just spraying into the toilet. And then we get up the next morning. I look at Christian. And I'm like, yo, are you all right? He's like, oh, I'm fine. I just got a little, maybe a little bit of travel. And I'm like, bro, you were spraying in that place. He's like, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Just a little bit of runs. <laughs> Dude, the week goes on. He trains with Lionel that day. They do like a bike ride shakeout together. And, dude, the week goes on, and it just gets worse. It's coming out both ends. Yep. And I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? And I'm like, you still racing? He's like, oh, of course. Of course. And I'm like, dude, this guy's nuts. So then we go to the press conference. Oh, wait. Before we go, so we're sitting there the morning of the press conference. And I'm like, I need to ask. I'm like, is this from the water? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't want to text Christians like uh, competitors and let him know that he's like, it's not really like fair. So I'm like, I'm going to message Josh Amberger and see what he has to say because he's not here racing. So I text Josh and I'm like, hey, man, I'm I'm with Christian. And this guy's like, got the shits. And he's like, mate, I have it coming out both ends and I have for two days now. And I'm like, what about Ash? And he's like, Ash clean as a whistle. Mm. In fact, she got a hundred extra K in her pocket as well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, dang, it must be, it must be from the the water. And he's like, oh, I'm effed. Oh, a hundred percent from the water. And he was like, if it's not the woman's field. So then I'm like, dang, dude. So we rock up to the press conference. West is a no show. And then the word on the street around is like, where's West? 
where and I and I'm joking with Christian all week. I'm like, Wes is beating you. I don't care what you say. Wes is beating you here, and he's going to go out and be the PTO and rank, world rank number one. And Christian's like, the problem with that is that he's racing me, and I'm just like, dude, I've never seen a guy have more confidence this guy in my life. Dude, Christian's up there, literally two minutes before they start, he runs into the restroom, shafts his brains out, <laughs> jumps back up there on the podium, and is given the press conference. And dude, he's up there just sweating. Like, dude, the guy is freaking a machine. And then Sam's struggling. I'm trying to do race week series with Sam. Sam's not texting me back. I see him at the pool, and I'm like, yo, homie, you going to do a racing series? He's like, man, I can't even I can't even go 20 minutes without sharting my brains out. Yep. Dude, and so it just, as the week gets on, it just gets worse. But Jason's the talk of the town, and then I talk to Alicia, Alicia K, which is his manager. She's like, Jason's lost 10 pounds, which <sighs> I think is like, I think it's like three or four kilos. Yeah. And she's like, he can't keep food down. And I'm like, oh my God. So it's all these guys. And so officially then I'm talking to Lionel. He's like, I think West is out. Or I'm talking to Lionel. I'm like, I think West is out. And he's like, ah, you, you never know. There's a couple more days you could come around. And then finally West posts his video and he's like, look, I did everything I could. I, I, I couldn't drop out of the race. And I'm sitting over here looking at Christian and Christian's still pissing has been shatting his brains out <laughs> and i'm like dude this and i'm like used to racing and he's like of course why would i not and i'm like so dude the vibes there were if the males are racing which males are going to make it to the start line yeah and of course i'm staying with christian i'm like this guy's the defending world champ but then again i was talking to lionel lionel's like that guy can still win this race shatting his brains out that's just he's he's that crazy I think the fact that Christian came 35th, 20 minutes back shows just how bad it's been because he's like Sam Long as well. Sam Long was even better, which is crazy. But, mate, I, I can't tell – I can't say who. Uh, but I, I was messaging someone who raced at Singapore, a, a male, and they were telling me like they they ended up in hospital with it. So they – similar to Jason, like lost a heap of weight. They were going to the toilet every like 15, 20 minutes and – it was just so bad that, yeah, they ended up in hospital with it. Um, and I think it's not done with yet, right? I think – so there was a lot of pullouts from the 70.3 world chance, but I fully expect there to be multiple pullouts from it, from, you know, the lasting effects of it, you know, missing two, three weeks of training at the Ironman World Championships this week. And I think some, like, relatively good athletes as well um, because, like, no, everyone who's had it, they haven't been training because it's been so bad and so, like – debilitating you know like what you said with sam like he can't you know go 20 minutes this other athlete i was talking to christian yeah um jason yeah i don't think we've quite seen the the end the, the like the end of it um that's for sure yeah i i it'll be it'll be interesting to see but it's like i'll i'll, I'll hit on this in a little bit about christian race morning but dude the, the guy's a trooper for starting yeah it, it'll be it'll be Christian didn't train all week. He trained once with Lionel. He did a bike ride. I posted a video of it. And then the rest of the week, Christian didn't train. He was just laid on the couch. I mean, I have like photos of the guy. He's just, you know, like sitting outside just trying to get sun. And I mean, it 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 really took it out of him. If there's anything that could stop Christian, I'd say it was E. coli. Yeah. He I talked to him after the race and he's like, Yeah, I was just shitting for the or going to the toilet for the last five days, so I didn't have much today, but oh well. Like he doesn't he's just the best. Like he's so just fun and relaxed that like he can have it the worst day in the world. And like I guess it's easier when you've had so much success. 
but I just love his positivity. Like every time I hear him talk to someone else, every time I talk to him, I like, he's always like smiling and laughing and having fun. And it doesn't matter what's going on. Like there can be negative stuff going on around him. And I like, maybe it speaks to what you talked about where he doesn't really indulge that stuff too much and he focuses on all the good. But yeah, like I'm jealous of you getting to spend that much time with him because no doubt it was like, even though he was sick, it still would have been heaps of fun and like a real positive experience. And, you know, he has his worst result in long course triathlon. He probably had in the last, you know, 24 months. Um, and he doesn't even, yeah. to me, it seems like he doesn't even really care, um, which I sort of love about him. Can can I yeah. tell another Singapore story to move away from uh, yeah. <laughs> people pooing their pants, which really is the talk of the last couple of weeks in triathlon. But um, I do want to move away, away from it, but not too far away from it. So, I was um, commentating with Craig Alexander, who, by the way, I just love, like similar to Christian, like I just never, like spending time with Crowey is just the best. Like he's a he's a five-time world champion, three-time Ironman world champion, two-time 70.3 world champion, but the most down-to-earth person you'll ever meet. Like just so great to hang out with, you know, we go and have dinner and it's just like, I don't know, it's just talking, it's just like talking to anyone else, you know, not a, not a bit of arrogance about him, just such a great guy. And he's also like, people don't might not know this about him because he's like, he comes across quite seriously. So when I like talk to him on the podcast, I'd say he comes across pretty seriously. I think in commentary, he comes across pretty serious. But behind the scenes, he's not at all. He's like one of the funnest people I've, I've hung out with probably this year. And we were having like this, t- we, we, we sort of, I don't know, we were having like little kid fun. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Like we were just like, you know, making little kids like, uh, like, no, totally. you know what I mean? Like when you're like, when yeah. you're like a 15 year old kid and you just, the jokes you make and stuff, they're just silly and fun. And, and we were sort of doing a lot of that stuff. And there's this became this running joke, right? <laughs> Where about Crowy peeing his pants. Now he never actually peed his pants, but throughout the whole week he was wearing like these tanned colored Chino shorts and he kept just completely like coincidentally unfortunately spilling things right where you would spill them like if it looked like you were peeing your pants so it sort of started with we were walking in the rain and for some reason like it was pissing down rain right and we got to this bus stop and Cody's like look at this and you look at him and he doesn't even look that wet anywhere but he just has this big wet patch on his pants <laughs> where it would be if you peed yourself and I'm like Cody, did you like did you just use the rain as an excuse to like do that and he's like oh I don't know what's going on and then we were at dinner and same thing. He had this drink and he spilled it and it went right on where it would be <laughs> and nowhere else. And then, and then he starts telling this story. He goes, this isn't the first time this happened, you know, and started telling a story where on another week that it had happened a lot. Um, and I'm like, are you sure you're not just actually peeing yourself? And then John Gooden, another commentator, he sort of got in on it, noticed it, that like that it happened again because it happened again with I think it was one of my cokes or something like that. I spilt it or something happened, and it like I had it, but it bounced across and spilt on his pants and nowhere else, like not his t-shirt, not the side of his pants, just right where it would be. And then we get into commentary, right? Um, and we had like this Asian food, like you get these little like Tupperware containers of food. Um, like, and it was like rice and chicken and, and the chicken had some sauce on it. And I like, I sat there and ate mine and Crowley wasn't in the booth yet. This is before the men's race. And I put my, I put my like empty thing. Like, so it's completely empty. It just has like this little bit of sauce at the bottom of it. And Crowley walks into commentary and he turns like as soon as he walks in turns and he spilt it. 
And right where he's like, it would be if you peed yourself, he just has the sauce from the rice, uh, from the, the chicken, just in this perfect circle right in front of, you know. And we just looked at each other and John there and we just all pissed ourselves laughing. And he goes, seriously, what, what is it about me? Like, why does this keep happening? And the funny thing is he'd just gone to the toilet. So me and, me and John were like, oh, yeah, sure, Chloe. He goes, no, I just knocked over Jack's chicken. It, I swear it wasn't the toilet. And John's just like, okay, Chloe, sure it was, Chloe. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, Chloe. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I just don't know why this keeps happening. We're just pissing ourselves. And it, so it probably happened like six or seven times um, throughout like two days. And not once did he actually pee himself, but he just kept getting things right where it looked like he paid himself that is amazing i love crowing when uh, when he was the um when he when we were at the collins cup and he was one of uh the team captains he yelled something to lionel during their his match with like um sam laidlow and sam long and they were on the run and they had about six or seven k to go lionel actually got dropped a little bit by about 20 to 30 meters from sam long and they came around a corner and crowy screamed in lionel's face he's like this is the business end. This, this is the business end. Come on, come on. And Lionel's like, I will never forget that. You got your multiple time world champion yelling in your face. And it's like, this actually is the business. End. This is where you make the money on the back end of the run. This is where you close out. Dude, Crow is such a legend. Man. The best, mate. Seriously. like Such a cool If I, I reckon if anyone who loves triathlon could spend a day hanging out with one person, if you didn't, if you didn't have him on your list already, Crowy, like you'll just walk away from it being like, oh, I love that guy. He's seriously just the best, and he's he's everything. Like he'll be having a like we had so many deep chats about triathlon, his racing, other people's racing, and you just sort of sit back and listen. And then before you know it, you'll be talking about like he'll be making jokes about how he's peeing himself. He's just like he's seriously he's the best. Uh, I love him. Um, we do like that's our last one though. Like we got to stop talking about poo and pee. Do you have anything else? No, I, I going back. This is this is going back to seventy point three worlds. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think this is like a confidential conversation, but as running the, running a media outlet with Iron Man, you got to go pick up like Iron Man media credentials and things like that. And so, the guy who's in charge of it at Iron Man, his name's Dan Berglund, and. I see him and I go up to him to get my media pass and I start chatting with him. I'm chatting with him about you. And he's like, I love, I love Jack Kelly, but the podcast, Jack Kelly, I don't love it. <laughs> like I'm the same way. I love Jack. I'm Jack, Jack Kelly all the time. Jack Kelly gets me in trouble on his podcast. He's always <laughs> shared too much information and he makes me share too much information. But dude, I'm sitting there talking to Dan. So Dan is like, he's been with Iron Man for 10 plus years now. And 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 this is this is irrelevant to the pro athletes, but I was just gonna. I thought this is some pretty insightful information to everyone else. He's basically head of like global like corporations for them, and uh, Dan actually came from Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He worked for Tampa Bay for like five years. Did like uh, like all their public relations and all that. Like super super nice guy. And dude, I'm just talking to Dan, and I and he's telling me like his job. So our job is to like. All we do is we promote the cool and the good of professional sport. Dude, this guy, after just me just talking to him and getting information, dude, he's been through the freaking ringer. So Dan is the one that any time Iron Man, some type of bad news comes from Iron Man, he's the one that has to write the press release for it. Yep. So 
let's say that there's like a very unfortunate death at Iron Man Boulder, 70.3 Boulder a couple of years ago. That's the first time I've ever was like, I was, I was having to chat with Dan about like media stuff and he's like, oh, I'm trying to finish this up. And I'm like, man, that sucks that he has to like write those press reports. But dude, it's like every weekend this guy is getting kicked in the nuts for some reason. So dude, you just get this real quick. Dan works eight to five at Iron Man. I, and I'm not in any way like crying wolf. He works for a big corporation. But dude, eight to five, five days a week. And then you get to the weekend. And this is when this guy's sleeping at night. He's getting emails of like Iron Man Ireland. And while, while he's traveling over to Europe, and it's like he's finally turned off work, and then the Iron Man Ireland thing comes down. And then he's the one that has to go find all the information, put it all together, write all the information on the Saturday, then do PR stuff on Sunday, and then wake back up on Monday and get all in it again. Like, dude, he can never, like, erase it. But it's like and, – and the only reason I tell this story is because oh, on Pro Try News, which is the, the podcast – we like went off about this whole zipper, the zipper gate with Matt Sharp. And dude, poor Dan's dealing like with writing like real press related stuff, like with Iron Man, like this person passed away, blah, blah, this is what we're doing with this, this is that. And then Kyle, I love Kyle to death. Kyle's blowing up Dan's phone. He's like, they disqualified Matt for his zipper. <laughs> and Dan's sitting here, he's, he's telling me the story. And he's like, dude, I'm like writing very hard press releases and my phone's blowing up about and he goes i look over at my wife and i'm like a zipper a zipper <laughs> i'm doing this i'm writing this press release for like this major thing at iron man and my phone even blows up about someone in their suit unzipped and i'm like dude this guy dude i my my i i feel for that guy because He's always having to do, and then he's kind of just telling me the behind the scenes drama, which we don't need to go down here, but of like triathlon Ireland, Ooh, which yeah. is like, dude, it's mental. That's like, not it's, done, it's, is it? No, it's no. not. And I and I and I and I don't want to say any unfactual facts, but just from what I, he didn't tell me this. I read an article online that I, that Ironman was threatening legal action on triathlon Ireland, and so like that entire thing, I don't want anyone to say it on here because I don't think it's I, I don't know the exact facts, but basically. He's having to write a press release to defend Iron Man when it really wasn't even Iron Man's call that the race went on. It was Triathlon Ireland. So it'd be the same thing like if you in the USA or if Triathlon Australia was doing it, was governing the Asia Pacific race or like Iron Man Cans or Iron Man Arizona and USA Triathlon, they went ahead with the race. They said, oh, it's all clear. But then Iron Man has like the fall. So th this guy, dude, uh, I just feel like he goes to the freaking ringer, man, can never turn it off. And I'm like, man, more more power to Dan. Ouch. The Feed is your one-stop shop for all of your triathlon, racing, and training nutrition needs. If there's a nutritional product worth its salt that you use in training or racing, it will be on The Feed. So instead of having to go to multiple online websites or, or shops or having to run around town looking for them, just visit thefeed.com and grab it all from the one place. Yeah, I think I think I'm catching up with uh, with Dan for a, a beer in Nice this week because I'm here at the uh, in Nice in France for the Ironman World Championships doing some live podcasts. And so Dan, um, I didn't I didn't expect you to talk about Dan Berglund. In fact, I never expected to talk talk about Dan Berglund on a podcast. But to give you some backstory with Dan, um, when I did my first interview with Andrew Messick, which was like you know. Um, 
it was a bit of a fiery, fiery podcast, right? I'm, I think you've listened to it, but me and me, yeah. me and Andrew Messick sort of went back and forth at each other, and we were both frustrated about different things, and it just wasn't like we didn't have a conversation. We were sort of just like talking at each other, and it was a bit shit. Um, and Dan Berglund was actually on that podcast, like so he was sitting there listening, um, and. When it finished, because I didn't know any of these guys. I didn't know Andrew Messick. I didn't know Dan Berglund. I didn't know anyone from Ironman outside of Australia um, before. And I just like got in contact with them and said, can we chat? They said yes. And that was it, really. And then we had this podcast. And and like I think it's fair to say Ironman do their media well. Like if you're going to do – and you can speak to this. I don't, I don't think this is like saying anything that maybe isn't already known. But like Ironman control what goes out there pretty well. So if you do a podcast with them, like they really, they do want to know the questions you're going to ask beforehand, generally speaking, don't they? And like they'll, they they really want to like prepare, I'd guess. And that's fair enough. They're a mm-hmm. massive company. Like they, they just, they want to control their media and what, and what gets put out there. But before that interview, like we, I didn't give them any questions or anything. Like um, we just went straight into it. And afterwards, Dan sprayed me. Dan, like, sent me an email and just went off at me and said, like, you know, how he didn't appreciate the how the podcast went and, and that kind of thing. And so he hated me, like, really hated me um, because of that podcast. And then over, like, sort of the next few months or, like, the, the rest of this year, you know, I've talked to him, like, we sort of we tipped out. Like, I dipped my toes back in the water talking to them and, like, because, you know, like, same as you, you like, you you'd like contacting them for like to have podcasts with them. Like I did the podcast that with, with Andrew Messick when he retired um, and, you know, like you, to write stories about like say Ironman Island or things like that. You sort of ask them for information or to get their statement beforehand and that kind of thing. And over time, Dan and me went from like not liking each other to now like we're like genuinely like we get along really well. And he's one of the unsung heroes of triathlon. He does so much work. He's such a hard worker. Like every shit storm that Iron Man goes through, whether they're in the right or the wrong, I'm not, I'm not like talking about that. He's the guy who's cleaning up the mess. And so every time they like something bad happens, I sort of feel guilty. Cause like, I want to tell the story and I want to sort of tell it unbiased. I don't want to be like team Iron Man or team the other side. I sort of just want to give the facts or, or at least that's where I stand on it these days. And so I'll like begrudgingly send Dan a message and be like, sorry to message you again, mate, but like, can you sort of tell me Iron Man side of this story? Because you don't want to misrepresent either side of the story. Yeah. So like say, oh, totally. say with Ireland, like I'm trying to get in contact with, with Triathlon Ireland and I'm trying to get in contact with Iron Man just to hear both sides of the stories and, you know, not say anything wrong. And so I almost feel guilty anytime I message Dan these days and I'm looking forward to shouting him a beer because that guy has had one of the roughest years. Like Ironman have had a tough year. They've had so oh. many things go wrong and he's just had to deal with all of it. Dude, it's, it's oh, it, to add on to that, the, he's flying to, this to me, just like he, he wasn't in, in the crazy thing. He's, he wasn't even inventing in any way to me. I just saw him and I was needing to get my media wristband and all that. And I was like, how have you been? And he's like, oh man, it's been long, a long week, of course, you know? So, the uh we'll we'll get back to the pro stuff out of this. I just gotta tell this so everyone can understand. The he's about to fly out to um like on, on Sunday to uh to Iron Man uh seventy point three worlds. Doesn't sleep at all because he's dealing with all this Iron Man Ireland stuff. Works a full week, wakes up at like three AM Saturday morning because the Ireland stuff is going down. He deals with it all night, doesn't even sleep, travels all the way to Europe. And two, there's nothing worse than when you're traveling to Europe. I mean, you're already jet lagged. Lands in Helsinki, 
bags are nowhere to be found. Straight on the ground there, dealing with all this drama stuff. Also trying to get all the press stuff ready. And he has a few employees that kind of like help him out and stuff too. But I'm sitting at this guy, looking at him on like Wednesday. Guys slept like six hours. Just got his luggage. They lost his luggage for three days. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> poor guy. But anytime, anytime if you're an amateur athlete and you see anything come out on Ironman, Dan has been the brains behind it. And as uh yeah, more power to him. He's he's at her up here. So that was just some like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say, can we use this to go into Lionel? Yeah. Oh, dude, this is a whole nother this is a because something like this, Dan actually doesn't really do too much. It's just kind of like passed over to like the officials too. Dude, I don't even know. That that it, this one's so hard. Lionel I, I'm biased, so I'm going to tell this story with a biased opinion. Can but... I ask you questions about it? Because I know you've talked about it a lot, and it's like sort of hard for you just to talk about. Can I? Because I've saved every Lionel Sanders disqualification. You would know this. I haven't asked you anything about it, really. Like, we chatted yeah. a little bit, but all week I haven't asked you anything about it because I've wanted to save some questions for this. So can I just ask you some stuff about it? Totally. So Go for it. when you were at the race, um, there was a lot of, like, uh, like – there's a lot of stories come out. Can you tell me the the what actually was said between Andrew Messick and Lionel Sanders at the race after Lionel got disqualified? That actually was not as is in blown into is maybe a bit blown out of context. I saw Andrew. Well, first off, I'm Lionel's having the race of his life, dude. I almost started crying when I saw Lionel some depths. He came out of the water right when he came out of the water. It was like 150 to the front, and I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! This is like..." Lionel actually had a good race, especially in a world championship uh, or swim. Uh, they hit, get on the bike. They're moving along. They're, they're, they're like at 220 down. And I get it. I'm not looking at my phone. That I my, James Mitchell keeps calling me. And I'm like, why is James calling me? He should be out there on a the bike. And he's like, mate. And I, I, and I finally answer. And he's like, mate, mate. Lionel got disqualified. And I said, what? He said he crossed the center line. They disqualified him. And I was like. I didn't even know what to say. I'm standing there at transition. I'm waiting on him to come in. They get there in like 10 minutes. And I see Andrew Messick and Diana Birch. And I run to Andrew and I said, Andrew, what happened? And he said, what do you mean? I said, they disqualified Lionel for crossing the center line. Dude, Andrew was so pro. I got to admit. He's like, Tom, I don't know what happened, but I will find out. And then so Andrew walks over. He's talking to the technical official. We're sitting there waiting. I'm trying to get news back. And then it kind of comes back through that Lionel's disqualified. But then he appears in the tracker again. So then everyone's like really confused. And he's like nine minutes down at this point or something like that. Then Lionel rolls into transition and he looks at me and he's like, I'm disqualified. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I crossed the center line that there wasn't even a center line. They told me it needs to be an imaginary center line. And he walks over to Andrew and he's like, Andrew, what the heck? And Andrew's like, I, I, I haven't been able to talk to anyone. I'm really sorry. This is very unfortunate for you. I don't know the full story, so there's not much worth saying. He's like, Andrew, this is my world championship. And Andrew's like, I'm really sorry, Lionel. I'm really, really sorry. He's like, the technical official right here can help. I have it all in videos. The technical official can, can help you out with any other questions. So, like, he, like, it was a lot of emotion. Like, Lionel was uh, just heartbroken, you know? But Andrew handled it so, bro. He really, really did. Because... Andrew could be biased and like take Lionel's side or take Iron Man's side. And it was just so neutral. And it was like, here's the technical official. You can talk with him because Andrew didn't have the facts in the story, you know? And so Lionel looked at the technical official and it's like, can I keep running? And he's like, uh, yeah. 
and then uh, you could protest at the end. And I was like, well, I might as well go for a jog. Mm. So he went jogged. But for for Lionel, it's 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 the biggest thing that's so unfortunate for him is one, he's he's like Freddie Funk. He completely focused on this race. He trained through Milwaukee, and he focused on uh, and skip Singapore for this race because he wanted to have like a race of his lifetime. So can you tell me about what's happened since? Because you've obviously spent time with him since. Are they protesting it? Is like, is it all done? Um, a lot, a lot I've, I've read a lot and seen a lot that people are sort of suggesting, like just on social media comments and that, yeah. that, that Iron Man should sort of reimburse him for his flights, accommodation, that kind of stuff, like make him square for it. Where Where's Lionel sitting behind the scenes on what he wants to happen next? Well, I go up to Lionel. I'm just as frustrated as well. Lionel crosses the finish line, and he's like, I want to talk to Jimmy. So he goes right over, talks to Jimmy. He talks to Jimmy for about 20 minutes. Who's Jimmy, Talbot? Jimmy Riccatello is the head referee of Iron Man. He is like the boss at, of all officiating at Iron Man. Um, and then he talks to Jimmy. I don't think that their conversation went too well. It was actually pretty – it was a bit heated and didn't really go the, the direction uh, – and and to be fair, I believe that with Lionel defending his stance, Jimmy should have offered Lionel a if he should have said to Lionel, if you want to petition, then you can fill out a petition. But since Lionel never asked for said the words to Jimmy, I want to file a protest, Jimmy never gave him the opportunity. But I think that when you're going up to a referee and you're and you're arguing about this, it's kind of the referee's responsibility. And, and this is learned on both sides. It's kind of the referee's responsibility to be like, hey, look, if you want to file a protest, you can file a protest and then and then we can gather our facts. But that really wasn't done because I think it was just too heated. So then Lionel goes and leaves there. He comes into the VIP tent. He's extremely frustrated. He wants to leave. And I said, Andrew and Matthew are over there. And he goes, I want to go talk to them. So they go sit to the table and talk to them and expresses his frustration. Um, I think a lot of the athletes are are pushing for rules to be changed as sport has evolved. And I think that the the head officials at Ironman are not too keen on changing rules, which is a completely different debate and it's irrelevant to the story. But I think that's why Lionel is just so passionate about this. So he Lionel leaves there and he's so frustrated. He goes straight home and he just literally opens up. I mean, dude, the guy like this is everything he worked for. He opens up the rule book. He starts reading the line for line in the rule book. And then he suits, screenshots the rule book. And he sends me a text message. He's like, they told me imaginary line. That's not even in the rule book. It says a, you can't cross a solid line. And you need to stay to the right at all times unless you go, unless you're making a pass. So then Lionel's even more furious. And this is this is where I have so much admiration and respect for Lionel. I need to leave. Like, I'm flying out the next morning. I go over to Lionel's and I'm, I take my camera and I'm like, let's record a video. Because I'm like, of course, like this is so clickbaity. Heck yeah. Like this is so hot. I'm going to make so many, so many, get so many YouTube views from this. And Lionel's like, man, I, 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 I'm not like, I can't record a video right now. I'm too angry. I'm too upset. I don't have, I, I need more answers. So basically Lionel emails and Lionel's like texts Andrew. He's like, we need to talk again. I found some stuff that's like, there's no way I broke the rule. And then also Lionel's getting messages from his fellow competitors. They're like, hey, man, we were on a single track road. The reason why there is no center line is because two cars can't pass each other on that road at the same time because one of them needs to pull over while one goes around. That's a single track road. So that's why there was no center line. So Lionel gets home. He, yeah, he emails Iron Man and then Lionel gets back this uh, 
thing, this, this, the reason which we put in the video. And Lionel records an interview, his second interview, and sends it to me. I start editing the video, and then he calls me again. He's like, I need to do it again. I need to do another interview. So I'm already like halfway there. I'm like, all right, whatever. Sends me another interview. We, I finish the video. The video's golden. And then Lionel sends Andrew another message. He's like, hey, we're releasing a video today. And, um, and then Lionel's like, you know what? And, and this is where I, I tip my hat to Lionel. And I was like, you know what? I can I can be the social media justice warrior. I can sit right here and I can go to war with Iron Man. Or I can accept that I messed up in a few instances, and um, maybe I should. I, he, I was like, I, I I disagree with it. I think that they should have let us race, but maybe I should have stayed to the right and whatever to that. He said, but the course is closed, and I disagree with what they say. But instead of me just getting on social media and oh woe is me the little biatch i'm gonna like try to go to the table with iron man and help fix the broken system so maybe i can go sit down with jimmy i sit down with iron man their officials and all that and we can help fix what's broken instead of me he goes clearly what we've been doing forever of all these pros of just sitting right there and being like they messed up this they do this wrong they do this wrong it doesn't work and posting on social media doesn't work so how about we try to at, and at least inflict change and do it from a different angle? And so that's when Lionel recorded his fourth interview that he's a lot more calm. Dude, we edited a completely different video. I freaking loved it. I was so ready to put it out. Lionel was heated and all that. I think there's some other some things with this, right, is that it definitely he definitely didn't do anything wrong. Because I, 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 I went and read the rule book as well because I'm like, I just wonder if he's missed something. Uh, and I couldn't find anything like in the rules about that. So I'm like, I don't think it's there. And then I was like, well, maybe they did get told something different in, in the pro briefing. But then Fred Funk told me that they didn't, that didn't get mentioned in pro briefing. Or he said like, well, if it got mentioned, I didn't hear it. And clearly Lionel didn't hear it either, which sort of leads me to believe it probably didn't get talked about there. And and then Fred also said that him and him and the front group, they were using all of the road on a couple of the corners as well, like cutting cutting the apex of the corner. So moving out past the imaginary center line, same thing, but to like make the corner a bit faster. And then you see the video of Christian. So it, he does seem hard done by though. Like, and I know it's like, hey, go and, and, and fix it. But like, it does sort of seem like he he got the rough end of the stick. And I don't know, to me, it doesn't, doesn't exactly feel right. And I don't know what could happen with it. Like, I don't know if I agree that he should get reimbursed because bad decisions happen in sport. Like that's part of, of umpiring or refereeing in sport. I don't think it, it means that the, the that Ironman have to like give him money or anything. I think he just was on the, the bad end of a, of a bad call. And my, my take on it is that like, I, th- I think if you're Ironman, you probably have to look at the referee and, and the refereeing and, and sort of make sure that you, some change does happen and that, you know, um, I don't think you can sort of, I don't, I use this word a bit like carefully, like, but I don't think you can really arrogantly just go like, well, that, that there's nothing wrong with that. I think there is a little bit of change there needed. And the change is probably just to start caring about like the individual professionals more because it costs a lot of money to travel around the world for a race like that, stay in accommodation, all your food. It, it takes a lot of um, like, you know, Lionel's prioritizing that race. He's not prioritizing any other races. So it takes away a lot of other um, opportunity to earn money from the sport and this is their in like this is their livelihood so i think they need to like really care about those individual cases that wreck an athlete's race 
um, that that maybe didn't need to happen or were just for some for, from some confusion or, or that kind of thing. Like we just need a bit of a new system, but it's like, do Ironman want to yeah. do that? I don't know. We'll, time will uh, tell. Uh, a couple points from that. One, Ironman doesn't won't reimburse Lionel. It's just not how it goes. Ironman doesn't do that. You can't just speculate. Oh, hey, look. I mean, there's athletes that have unfortunate things all the time, and so I just that that won't happen. But the only other fortunate thing about triathlon too is like when you're playing basketball or football or soccer or whatever, there's a replay. You don't have a replay here. Not yet. It's not like that. You Lionel doesn't get it over again. It's not like that. They can't review the call and and just inflict him back in the race which is just unfortunate and two like when i was editing the i was so bitter and mad when I, the my entire trip home from europe i rewatched both broadcasts i counted on the live broadcast this is just the live broadcast i counted 27 center lane violations <laughs> 27 i screenshotted and video recorded every single one of them wow from from your winner of the race to second place in the race, including third place in the male's race, mm-hmm. even the winner of the female's race, completely just riding on the left-hand side of the road. And I had all this ready for Lionel's video. And I asked Lionel, I'm like, let's put all this in there. And Lionel's like, Talbot, you're missing the big picture. I'm not here to crap on my competitors. This isn't like if someone rode over the, the center line, like I think it's dumb. I'm here to help the sport. I don't need to go nitpicking, oh, he did this, she did that. They did this. It's like, no, like, let's just help, like, change and help them rewrite the rule that it's where it's a, it's a better rule. And, of course, me, I'm, it's just probably shows my maturity, but it's like, like, we don't, we don't need to do that. Yeah, you're also just like sticking up for a friend as well. Like you, yeah. Lionel's one of your best mates, and you feel like he he was harshly dealt with. So you're just like, well, stuff that. I'm going to go and like find all this proof that other people did it and that he was harshly yeah. dealt with. That, that 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 doesn't make you immature. That's just you going into bat for a friend. And like he has a point, but I don't think you're doing it to be like, hey, look at Christian, look at look at Rico, yeah. Rico, look at look at Fred. They're cheating. You're not saying they're cheating. You're just saying they yeah. that Lionel did what everyone else did, which wasn't cheating. And there was nothing wrong with it. Like they shouldn't be disqualified, but either should should Lionel. Like you're not saying that yeah, you're not trying exactly. to push them on. Like you're not trying to put that out there so that they get disqualified as well. You're trying to put that out there to say like Lionel shouldn't have been disqualified, which is very different yeah. to like putting it out there to try and you know wreck their races. You're you're actually doing the opposite to that. You're saying look, they did this, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, exactly. So at the, at the end of the day. It's just the race unfolded how it did. And and this is something interesting too. And then we'll leave it at this. And this is where I'm biased. And I believe Lionel could have done good. And I am in no way, I am in no way like discrediting the podium. It's like the race unfolds how it unfolds. And you, you can say could have, should have, would have all you wanted. But the only way that I kind of like defend Lionel is once Lionel got that penalty, Sam and Thorne and all them, I talked to Sam about this. They were shocked. They were kind of like completely in shock what had just happened. So they all kind of sat up. So when you look at the tracker, they're about 240 down. And then that gap from like 75K to the end of the bike goes out another minute 30. Like it just explodes to four minutes from like 240 down to four minutes. It completely exploded. But it's because they all sat up and they all start like looking around. So I don't believe that they would have come in with a four minute deficit. And then also too, Lionel was really saving his legs. And I, I, I truly believe that Lionel could have ran into the top five 
Uh, Lionel was not winning the race. That's why it didn't matter at all. Um, Rico won the race. Incredible race. But it's that's why it's unfortunate for Lionel is like he needs to prove this to his sponsors. But then most importantly, too, uh, Lionel is not in the top 27. He's top. He's 27th place. And and there's not mm. any more races this year that he can get into the top rank. So as of right now, Lionel will not get a contract from the PTO to be on their tour. Yeah, I was going to say, I see where you're going with that. So it's like, it's very unfortunate for Lionel. Like there's a chance. Of course, they got these wild cards and all that, but there's a chance that Lionel will not get a contract or be invited to the PTO tour. Surely if Lionel wants to go to races, the PTO make sure he's one of the wild cards. He's the big, I honestly think he's the biggest name in the sport. Like I know Christian and Jan are massive. Um, they've won a lot more races. They're they're better triathletes. They, they've done more, but I don't know. Lucy Charles is the same. She's massive as well, but... I, I sort of think Lionel might be the biggest name in triathlon. Well, there's only one person's fault that why Lionel doesn't have a bunch of points, and that's Lionel's fault for not racing in Ibiza, not ra- not not capitalizing, not doing good at the beginning of the year. And so, if he doesn't make it on tour, it's only going to make him someone like him more hungry. But of this entire situation, this is so comical. The funniest part about this is if you watch Lionel's recap video and you scroll. To Lionel in the penalty tent. Christian has already been dropped. He's having an absolutely terrible day. He's losing his world title right in front of him. Probably shat his pants 10 times at this point as <laughs> in well. In the white suit. <laughs> Dude, how do you look over and see Lionel in the penalty tent and you just think that quick? And he, and this is where Christian says, bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> He starts singing the Bad Boys song, and I'm like, "Dude, only this guy." Yeah, seriously, like he's the best. anyone else would would have come in and they would have pouted and they would have dropped out of the race. And it's like, I mean, I know the people are gonna be like, "Golly, they just sucked off Christian the entire episode." <laughs> but dude, I love him. I unashamedly, it's incredible. Love him. It's inc- I have a video i'll send it to you You can even post it on your instagram i recorded oh, we we're on the way to the race i said christian what's your percentage chance that you win today and he said only 15 percent." <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like i was wanting to post this i was recording this video because i wanted to post it after he won the race so i'm like oh this guy's gonna win this race um but the fact that and then and then so i hit in recording and i said what do you mean i'm like do you not feel confident and he goes oh there's only a 50 50 uh, chance that I even complete this race. And I'm like, then why are you even starting? Like, and I wish I was recording all this. And he said, how disrespectful is it to not start the world championship that you're defending the title? Mm. How disrespectful is it to the new winner? Yep. Whether I win or not. And I'm like, dude, I ain't hating on any other previous champions, but wow. Yeah, the fact the that he even knew he wasn't going to win. A lot of these guys won't even show up to start listening to, unless they are completely believe they're going to win. Exactly. Christian just loves the sport. It's yep. incredible. Yep. And like, not surprised at all that he's singing the bad boys song to them. He just, like I said earlier, he's just always up for silly fun. He's just always being silly, having fun. He's so good. Like every time you talk to him, you just walk, you walk away from it with energy. Don't you? You're like, yeah, he's just the best. Um, you did. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier. You said you were going to tell a Christian story for later. Um, did you do you remember saying that? No, that that was the story I was telling. Is right. Just like, was that when, this when, one? when I when I asked him, when I asked him, like when he told me, there's only a fifty percent chance that he finished. Right, the that race. was that one. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, that, that was that it. one. And then and then we get back to the house after the race, and I'm like, "Are you gutted?" And he's like, "Ah, it's it's life." 
And of course, like, do you can get on Instagram and play, say, oh, woe is me. I, I raced, I raced three times in the last 10 days. The only thing that could have beat me, I caught eco lie. It's like, dude, congratulations champions. And I'm, I'm going to be, people are going to get mad at me for saying this. You got to be on the start line. You got to race in the race. The only thing that stopped Christian that day was ego lie. I, I yeah. see Christian in the front group and I, and I'm sorry. I see Christian jogging a one Oh nine. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, I, I love Rico. Like I've been following him probably for like the last 10 months. I, I really didn't know about him before that. And I've always yeah. thought like, Oh, he's going to be a star. Like I, I literally messaged him once, once early in the year. And I said like, you're just going to have an insane future. Um, uh, and I, you know, I love Fred Funk. Like, I like Fred Funk a weird amount. Um, I sort of have a crush on Fred Funk, but I, I and I same with Jan Stratman. I love Jan too, and and Mathis is is a beast. But yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you, man. I think that if Christian's fit, he wins that race pretty easily. I don't, I don't think that's disrespectful to those guys. Like they're all awesome, yeah. but I think I think that race just could not have gone better for Christian. I don't see him getting dropped by that group. I see him as the, by far the best runner in that group. The only question yeah. would have been if he was fully fit. Does Grand Final, US Open, and Singapore, you know, get the better of him? That's the only yeah. question because he could have, like, man, he could have been going in um, healthy, like without the the bug, and like he might have been dealing with huge fatigue from all those races and travel. That's the only thing. Yeah, uh, like who knows? And and hypotheticals, like who knows? Three, he he went to the restroom three times in the middle of the night tonight before the race. Anyone <laughs> would have not started that race. Yes, that's in what fact, I love. Jason West, I mean, his example. But but one more thing before we move on here. Another crazy thing is there's a 41 or 42-year-old that you can also put on that start line that I bet he's scratching his head saying, <laughs> I should erase that one before Nice as well. Mm. But So you're talking about Jan, obviously. But the thing yeah. with Jan is he – like. I think Jan needs to pick the races this year. Like I think it's actually really smart for Jan to not over-race because – He's 42, like you talked about. He won the US Open, which was massive. He hasn't won a PTO race. That's so that's massive for him. It's like not only is it good money, but it's good for his his like long term resume to say that he's a Ironman world champion, Ironman 70.3 world champion, Olympic champion, PTO champion. But yeah. if he went, then went from that to 70.3 worlds to Ironman worlds, being 42, having done the sport forever, like he's been in the sport for over 20 years, your body's you know, your body's just not what it was when it was 32 or 34 even at that stage. So I think really smart for him, especially because he has a bit of a, a history of like some stress factors and that kind of thing. I reckon if he over-raced and because you know he's going to be competing for the win. So he's going to be at the front of the 70.3 worlds for sure. And so that means he's going to have to race really hard. He's going to have to do a really fast half marathon. I think it's actually the smartest thing ever that he didn't race that race because everyone around him look at like look at everyone who got sick look at everyone who's now there's a there's a number of guys who are going to struggle to make the Ironman World Championship start line because of that he didn't do some extra travel that some other people have done the Ironman World Championships field it's a little weaker and it's sort of it's like Max Newman's out as well now it's sort of come around perfectly for him so I think actually think it was really smart for him not to race the 70.3 worlds even though I agree with you he probably could have won it like he definitely could have won it for sure but I just think it sets him up perfectly to win the Ironman World Championships or gives him more of a chance, especially coming off that really fast run at the at the PTO US Open. So, like, I'm glad he didn't mm-hmm. do it. And 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 I remember too, and to defend Rico, 
2019, you saw this random kid on a road bike boost off Eden and everyone. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, how boring for the sport. He got some random kid who doesn't even do that good. He's decent in an ITU and he wins this race. Like, cool. Uh, we'll see if he can defend his title again. He they only won it because the descent. Gustav Eden is one of the most well-known long-distance athletes in the world right now. So how do we know that the, a star is not born from this and Rico goes on a freaking complete Norwegian tear like these boys? So excited, excited, exciting times for the sport ahead for sure. The only other question I had you, Talbot, with some behind-the-scenes stuff, something I haven't asked you about. So um, Cam Worth, obviously an Australian, one of my favorite people in the sport, I believe – um, him and Christian are the two funniest people in the sport. Gustav, when he's on his day as well, they're all very funny. Um, and so just those three hanging out together and you were there filming it. Was there any behind-the-scenes stories from Cam Worth, Gustav and Christian hanging Dude, out together? That's this is why I love these kids so much. Uh, where, what, Laura Jean and I, my wife, we, we, we get into Font-Rameau. And then uh, their their first day, the next day is a recovery day, and we're like, oh, we're gonna we're wanting to just go kind of see like the mountains, and we're gonna go run around. And they're like, oh, it's our recovery day. Let's go to Andorra. And I'm like, I'm thinking that Andorra is a 20 minute car ride. And I'm like, okay, uh, yeah. And so I thought they were gonna ride their bikes there. We're gonna record them on the way over there. Like, and I'm like, oh, it's it's like 30 minutes by car. Yeah, they're just gonna ride their bikes there. We'll hang out there, get a coffee, and come back. So we, they're like, okay, we'll leave here around 8 a.m. So I get all my camera stuff the next morning. We show up over there, and they're like, um, they got their backpacks on, like two kids going to school. And I'm like, are you guys not riding? And they're like, oh, no, we're going to drive with you in the car. We want to go see it too. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, so it's their recovery day. You'd think that the, all these other athletes, like they're no fun. They want to like lay on the couch and stuff. And so we get in the car and I type in the directions. It's an hour and 45 drive. <laughs> and they're wanting to go over there just because we were wanting to see it. And I'm like, you guys don't need to come with us. And they're like, oh, no, we want to. So we're on their way over there. And we're joking around. We're chatting and all this stuff. And Christian's like, we have to find the throne. We have to find the throne. It's in Andorra. We have to find the throne. <laughs> Can you explain that joke? Because that's actually funny. <laughs> This uh, there there's a there's a video clip of like Christian. He's like crying after the race of the U.S. Open. And he's <laughs> like, ah, oh, you uh, Jan says something like, you can win the battle, you can win this, but the throne will stay with me. So Christian's like joking the whole time in the car, like we gotta find the throne, we gotta find the throne. It's in Andorra. I know it's in there. Andorra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> Jan lives in Andorra. <laughs> And we're laughing the whole time. And when we get there, or we're on our way over there too. And I'm like, oh, you know what I should do? I should text Cam Worth. And so I text Cam Worth and I'm like, hey, do you want to get coffee? And he replies back like, what do you want, you cheeky effer? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm about to be in Andorra. And he's like, ah. Oh. And he sends a voice memo back. And he's like, I'm doing my long training day. Sure. Uh, when I finish my run, let's get a coffee. And I'm like, well, I got the Norwegian boys with me. And he said, even better, they can pace me on my long day. Tell them to get their shoes. And, like, Christian and Gustav are, like, giddy ear to ear, like, that they get to run with Cam Worth. <laughs> dude, they're such big triathlons. It's a crazy. When I was there, dude, Christian, this whole time, when I'm in when I'm in Font Rameau, he's watching Daniel Backgaard's YouTube video. He's watching Ben Canute's race recap video. He's watching Eric and Paula's race re week recap video. Dude, he is obsessed with yep. triathlons. Yep. It's his life. He loves it. It's amazing. It's so incredible. And dude, he's smiling ear to ear that he gets to go run with Cam Worth. And he they're so excited. 
And like, it's so funny that this is a world champion, Olympic gold medalist and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to his house. We're going to his house. He said he was ad- like, dude, they're completely stoked that they get to like run with. So Cam Worth does like a, like 25 hour bike ride or something like that, getting ready for Nice. And then he has like a, a two and a half hour, three hour run off the bike. And so they get out and they and they run with him. Uh, Gustav was only going to run for 30 minutes, but Christian's like, I want to run an hour. It's, even though this is my recovery day, I want to run a, an hour at near race pace with Cam Worth. So it was just so funny, dude, these guys. And they're chatting the whole time. But the funniest thing is, is we walked up to the, right when we got there, we walked up to his house and Christian's like smiling ear to ear. He's so excited. And he's like, uh, how are you feeling going into Nice? And Cam's, this is Cam's re- response to him. Oh, quite good, actually. I mean, I'll be surprised if anyone can beat me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Dude, and and then we're talking, and uh, and and this we'll kind of like leave it at this. Like, uh, Cam said, this is his first time he's ever actually focused on an Ironman World Championship. Yeah. All the other times, he's just he's trying to balance training with the team and all that. He's he's actually focused on this race, hundred percent focused. And and the crazy thing is, is like he he rides with all these guys in the mountains all the time, and Cam is an animal in the mountains. Well, I'm here on the course and. It's just like perfect for him. Like if, if he's ever a chance to win a race, it's this one. And the field's like, it's not the strongest field. It's I actually want to talk to someone about this, but I was looking at the start list. It's quite a weak field. And I do that in quotation marks for an Ironman World Championships. Like it really is. It's it's quite an open field. To me, Jan and Magnus are like the two big favorites. And then it sort of maybe goes back to like Patrick Lang maybe is the third favorite, Joe Skipper maybe. But there's, there really is an opportunity for someone to grab this race. And it could be Cam. Like, the course suits him better than any course he's ever going to suit him. It is literally designed for him. It's hot. Um, you know, if, I, I don't want to doubt him because I think he could. He could have a really good race. He could at least be there when the whips are cracking, I think. But I think there's lots of people who could be as well. I think it's actually going to be awesome. It's going to be interesting. And I think that a lot of people don't understand this. And I asked Mac to me if he was if he was racing and he said mate i descended down the descent the 30k descent with patrick lang and a couple other cyclists and don't get me wrong McNamee is a way better bike handler than lionel sanders and i hate on lionel sanders we all know that he struggles at bike handling skills McNamee lives in europe he rides european roads and all this stuff McNamee lost 10 minutes to patrick lang on the descent mm-hmm. that descent is gnarly yeah, I got a story and, and on this. It's going to come, come it's going to completely split up the race and if you can't descend um I think it's really going to surprise a lot of people. The, I I ran into um Braden Curry at St. Moritz um and he had done some training with Patrick Lang and he and he was just shaking his head uh, talking about how strong Patrick Lang is climbing. He said he did some like climbing with him. There's some really long hard climbs there in St. Moritz. And he's sort of just shaking his head going like, you know, he weighs 62 kilos and he, he sort of dropped me on one of the climbs. I think that's what he said. Um, or at least like that, that's what he was hinting at. Um, so I think Patrick Lang is a real threat. Like you're saying that about David McNamee saying it, Braden Curry saying it. These are two world-class guys. Like I actually think, like I think Braden Curry could be a real threat at this race. He's, um, he's doing some impressive sessions and, and training well. But if he's saying that about Patrick Lang, yeah, I think – I think Patrick Lang's a name we all gotta we all gotta watch for the race as well. If I if I could pick two people on my podium or to win it, I'm gonna pick Cam Worth and Patrick Lang. I'm gonna pick 
Patrick Lang win in it, and I'm going to put Cam Worth. I don't know if Jan's the best climber. I think Jan's going to struggle with that. What, but, do you, what do you think about Magnuson and Jan? Mm, I think Magnus will have a good day, but I still think that I think Cam is just going to – I don't know if Magnus has the run yet. Once they finish this bike and you're going to have Patrick just hammering away on that run, dude, that back end of that marathon, I could see Patrick putting in – outrunning Magnus by three to three to four minutes. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so excited for the race because I actually am struggling to make predictions for it. I think it's going to be – yeah, I think it's going to be like just chaos. I think because of the course, everyone will just be – popping off the front heaps of people will be dropping you know far back i i believe i think if yarn doesn't win it i think we'll have a, a winner that a lot of people are surprised about and the big question with yarn is like if he can win that at 42 43 i think he might even be 43 now if he can win it at 43 like that just might be the craziest thing that's ever happened in our sport yeah insane and yeah. then two i heard from a little birdie that Canyon was going to have a special bike for this race. And it's yeah. kind of funny now that I see uh, Canyon's kind of posting some hype reel videos and stuff. And yes. the interesting thing is I've been trying to figure out what this special bike's going to be, like if they created a bike for this event and all this stuff. And I think this is going to be to a lot of people in Nice, what we chatted about earlier in the show, Gustav Eden was the only athlete that used a road bike in this race. And it clearly helped him. The Gustav Eden that we've seen the last couple of years is stronger than that Gustav Eden that race. But it clearly helped him. So I've been trying to like, I usually I can get my hands on some information in this industry. This one, this project has been so secret. And then I saw Patrick, uh, not Patrick, um, Sebastian Keenley did uh, Norseman. And he posted like it was like a Scott foil with a TT front end on it. And I was like, I wonder if that's what the bike's going to look like. I mean, just complete assumption. I'm chatting with Pat about it. Pat Lemieux, because we're both chatting back and forth because he's wondering the same thing because he's wondering what his competitors are going to be using against Magnus because Magnus is just racing on a standard TT bike, which is nothing wrong with that. But a little, I think you might've saw a hint of it. And I don't know if this is allowed or not. Sam Laidlow posted yesterday, mm. and if and it's so funny, they're him and Daniel are both on TT bikes. If you swipe to the second photo, Daniel's on like this, not Daniel, sorry, Sam Laidlow's on this random black bike with TT bars. It's a road bike, and I'm like, so I just put eyeballs. No, I read all the comments. Not a single person picked up on it. I'm like, he's on a completely different photo than this first bike. And all Team Canyon has been out there. They rode that course. They've studied that course. They've done all their stuff on it. So I think we might be in for a surprise from Canyon this week. I saw that too. I saw that too. And I wondered the same thing. And I saw your comment with the, comment with the eyes. And I was like, oh, uh, Talbot's picked up on that as well. It's, it's one thing, though, if it was a road bike. I wouldn't have said anything. But look at the front end of it. I know. Zoom in. Look at the front. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Full TT setup. Full TT, yeah. I, 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 oh, I don't know if I should say this, but I was talking to a Canyon athlete at Singapore. Uh, that doesn't give it away because uh, it's actually someone you wouldn't expect. And they were saying like, all the Canyon athletes, they have to ride like they like, when they ride the TT bike. So I did want to ask you about this. They all seem to have like the same front ends, like they have like stock standard Canyon front ends, like you know, like TT bars. 
um, like that like one by TT bar, like it's, where it's like not two mm-hmm. TT bars. And like Lionel has it, doesn't he? They all seem to have it. Um, and this Canyon athlete said like, yeah, we have to. Like where Canyon like want us to use like their equipment because um, they think it's the best stuff. And um, and it probably helps like market and that. And I'm like, that's probably fair enough. If you sign with them, I think that's completely fair. And they're like, yeah, but we've seen Sam Laidlow using like different bars and we wonder if he's like doing a project with, with Canyon. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I saw this. So I wondered like whether you know from Lionel, like do, do they have to use the same like stuff? Can can Lionel use whatever he want custom or might they have been right? And might Sam Laidlow have been working on a bit of a secret project with Canyon? I, Sam might have been working on a secret project with Canyon, but I believe that all the athletes are involved. So I believe that you will see Jan, Jan Patrick, Backguard, Backguard. Laidlow. Yep and whoever else on the same bike. So why isn't Daniel riding it in that picture with Sam then? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I was curious as well. I was like, wow, this is interesting. That would be that would be so good, mate. If all the Canyon athletes who, let, let's be honest, Canyon sponsor a large chunk of the best Ironman athletes on the planet. They're very good at getting those athletes under their brand. Like Chelsea Sodaro is Canyon too, isn't she? Kat yep. Matthews, Canyon. Sam Laidlow, Jan Fredino, Patrick Lang. These are all like some of the biggest favorites for the race. Imagine if they all rocked up on this like super light road bike with um, with TT bars. That would be that would be massive. Crazy. Yeah. So we'll see. They've hit they've they, I know that they've kept it hidden. Right. So But you're pretty convinced by the sounds of it, because I hadn't really thought about this. I saw that photo of Sam and I thought, oh, it must just be Sam working on something with Canyon. They posted that video and they didn't say anything coming soon or anything like that. But Canyon is not one to make a random road bike with that set up on the front. They don't do that. That's not for training. That, that Canyon wouldn't make anything if it was like like that. So you're pretty confident that they are going to do something special. I I would guess so. No, and no Canyon employee has told me this. No Canyon employee said anything about it. I'm just completely assuming. Watch this space, I guess. It'll gonna be such a letdown now if they don't. <laughs> like if, I know. If I they know, don't I know. do That's something. I, 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 I'm I'm confident they will. Once I saw that photo, Canyon, like I said, they don't make random stuff. So but I'm gonna I'm gonna you give you give that to Patrick Longa and how light he is, and if he can make if he he has a good swim and goes in the front group, it could be a very good day for Patrick. Agreed. And that would be very painful for Jan. Oh. But I'll finish on this. We probably need to wrap this up. Everyone's probably like, golly, this thing ever going to end? <laughs> this is just like, yeah, this is just like literally a phone call between me. A phone call between this us. This is literally exactly what they're like. And they go on for you way too go, long every time. Everyone, I can't wait to see all the announcements this week. Everyone's say, oh, Jan, like, like, his, like his retirement race. Jan's not retiring. He said it in his freaking video. He said, yes, this is my last championship season. Jan's going to ride out the sponsors. Jan's going to continue to race in these races. He's not going to do the championship races anymore. I don't think you'll see him at a PTO race or a world championship anymore. But Jan is going to continue to race. So really? I'm going to laugh this week when I watch his video. It's completely clear from, from the U.S. Open. They interview him at the pool or something. He says, I don't know why everyone's surprised. Everyone's posting this is my last year. Yes, I've been very clear. This is my last championship year. He doesn't say I'm retiring. No, he, he says doesn't. this is my last championship year, and so 
I, I believe you'll continue to see Jan race in random 70.3s. I mean, dude, wow. the guy's one of the best in the world. And if you can keep on, if you can keep, I don't want to say milk in the clock because he's still like, it's a pleasure to watch Jan race. It's Amen. complete pleasure to watch him race. Yep. And so if you can go to 70.3 Kreitzgau or go watch him do some of these, like, let's say Alp Duez triathlon, like, why would you not go and watch the guy race? But I mean, he he's clear in that video. So I don't know why everyone's surprised. I've been very clear. This is my last championship year. Watch this space. This is good. Have you got any other things we should be watching this week? Because if Jan <sighs> keeps racing, that would be amazing for the sport. I think Jan's going to keep racing. I mean, I would be 100% certain yeah. that he keeps racing next year. I love Not that. at the championship level. I mean, I, I, I'm not hating on the guy. The guy's 41, 42. Like, he ain't going to go show up and race Christian next year. But you're going to be seeing him race 70.3s, 100%. Uh, and someone even did say to me, which I don't believe this. They said, "Oh, I heard he's doing Roth next year." Oh, I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe that. But uh, it is like someone did say that to me, which I don't. I don't. I don't believe that at all. That he that he does Roth. If you're any race around the world, though, as if you wouldn't just throw money at Yarn to come. Like he's the one athlete. He, like I know, I know. I said Lionel might be the most popular athlete in the world, but if you're a race and you want eyeballs on it. The, the Jan Frodeno show is real. Like, if he's at a race, like Hamburg last year, the reason there was so many motorbikes at Hamburg is because everyone wants a photo or a video of Jan racing. Like, everyone wants to watch it. The US Open, like, it was the Jan Frodeno show. Like, if you're a race, you're crazy not to be throwing money at that guy to get him to your race. If I'm if I'm the owner of Challenge, yes, Roth, I'm going to look at my staff and I'm going to say, I don't care what it is. This could be Jan's last ever Ironman. This is Ironman distance race, full distance race. It's in Germany. Exactly. We're not giving a dollar to a male or female to show up to this race. It's all going <laughs> to the goat. Literally. I and it would and we're it. even going to lower the price price to give some of that. So I could see, I mean, uh, this is complete speculation. If I was Jan and I'm like, weak field, last ever race, pin drop in Roth, Germany, retire from my career next year let's freaking do it oh man 100 percent. yeah that would be massive i see i just thought he was retiring i thought the ironman world championships this week was his last race so hmm, you've opened my eyes a little bit last ever championship season yeah yeah yeah. watch this space cool mate well should we wrap it up there yeah man thanks thanks so much for having me on hopefully uh i didn't get in too much trouble i can't wait to like someone from canyon messages me oh. like, why did you say that oh. i'm like i y'all never told me anything i i mean i just sam laid those on to post the photo speculation <laughs> is fun though isn't it like as if they wouldn't they would love the hype it's like fun yeah that's like part of being a fan of the sport like we see that and go oh what's going on there you know yeah that's exactly. fun i don't sure you don't get exactly. in trouble for that but i don't know Anyway, mate, that, hey, was, that was good. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure, mate. Let's. Um, we don't have any races soon. to do this with for for ages. Like, yeah, you know, the... we'll, get, we'll we'll do it again though because we're both going to beat the PTO races next year. So I think exactly. we got plenty of episodes ahead. Yeah, I reckon next year with the six or seven um, PTO races that are going to happen, I reckon after each of them because we're going to be at all of them, um, or you know, probably going to be at all of them. Yeah, after them, if we could chat about all of that, that would be fun, especially because we haven't actually really been together at one of these races yet like at the u.s open we sort of spent a tiny bit of time together but we were both so busy so next year we should make a bigger effort to spend more time together and like so that we can both see a story and then both tell the same story that, that would be fun i reckon let's do it 
Awesome, mate. Cool. Well, good luck um, with uh, you. Got, you're gonna have a little bit of a time off, or you're gonna push through. Little, little, little bit of time off. No, no knees this week, and then I'm gonna start up my 48 hour series. Gonna try to get an athlete or two before Kona, and I will be heading out to Kona. I um, don't know if I'm gonna stay for the race. I'm just gonna get pre race content. I'll probably come back home, um, watch the race on the couch, but uh, plan to go to Kona. Awesome, mate. Yep. Well, you've had a massive year, so. You probably deserve a few fun. weeks off, really. You've done. You've been, it's been, you've been everywhere. It's been fun. Awesome, mate. Nice, man. Chat soon. If you've got big races coming up or plans to do a triathlon in the future and need to sort out having a fast, comfortable, and amazing looking triathlon suit, then Win Republic is where you need to look. Head to Win Republic's website at winrepublic.com and check out all of their amazing, world leading triathlon suits. They were designed by professional triathletes Luke and Beth McKenzie who care about four things. They care about speed, comfort, practicality and looking bloody good. Use the discount code TTH15 for 15% off anything you get from their website because they've also got some equally amazing cycling and running kit to have a look at while you're there.